Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! What's up? We're back, and it's another episode of Close to the Wall. It's Justin Brown, your host here, alongside with Paxton Graff and Thomas Terry. We're excited to give you all more coverage of Texas State and national sports. But first, we're going to start off with this Texas State men's basketball team. We saw last Saturday this team is 12-15 and 15 overall. They're 5-9 and nine in Sunbelt Conference. They're kind of a 7th place, 8th place team right now. And they just suffered a two-point loss against Old Dominion, the Lions, a team they've never faced before. And it was a buzzer-beating layup that caused them the loss, guys. What are your thoughts on this performance? I mean, Mason Harrell, he put up 17 points. We had four other Bobcats with him and doubled figures. Like, guys, what were your thoughts on this performance? Yeah, I think, you know, they just caught the short end of the stick on this one. Yeah. They, they looking at the st- stats in the box score, they went toe-to-toe in every category. Points, rebounding, assists, turnovers, literally free throws. So it was just it was just a bad luck game for them losing that in the way that they did on that buzzer-beating layup. I think um, with this being the first time that they've ever faced this team, that may have something to do with that as well because, you know, they didn't have any type of experience or necessarily any type of scouting, I guess, for that. So we can just chalk it up for it being a first-time appearance. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to be quoting our very own Joey Gonzalez on this. Uh, this was his uh, opinion on the matter. Is It's just uh, it's proven his prediction even more right, which is, uh, you know, the last two seasons, Texas State has been the top dog uh, in the conference, uh, both winning back-to-back uh, championships. But then they go in the conference tournament and, and they choke the first round or second round. Um, this year, he thinks it's going to be the complete opposite. We are now the underdogs. And so going into that conference tournament time, uh, he thinks that we could potentially do what Louisiana did to us last year. Uh, you know, it's really just one of those things. It kind of just um, – you know, with the downside of how this season has gone so far, mainly due to injuries, we will point that out. Yeah. Um, but with the way that this season has gone on so far, this is just kind of get you something sweet to taste. Like, yeah, we're we're definitely not going to win the conference regular season conference championship, but we still have a shot at a, a tournament conference tournament. Uh, and I I think Joey's prediction could be right. I'm hoping. That uh, it is right, we'll see, because uh, that gives us more coverage to do for this season. Yeah, 100%. We want to see them go far into the tournament. And, you know, I think there's a, a lot of possibility of this. We've seen teams in the, in the past, Louisiana, as you mentioned, do this. And, you know, but we have to see these Bobcats play better against teams like, you know, Arkansas State. That was last seed. They're the last seed in Sunbelt Conference. They only have one conference win. And uh, they struggled to get that win. But, I mean, you know, Mason Harrell, he can perform, and a lot of these players are rookies, so they're still growing as the season goes on. And when they go into the tournament, they could do that. But right now they got to get past App State, and that is who they're going to be facing t- today at 530. That will be in North Carolina in the home center at App State. That game will – Paxson, will or, it, or will it not be on air tonight on KTSW 89.9? It will be. Uh, After we the just, women's game, correct? Uh, before the women's oh, game. Before the we women's just won't have a, a post-game uh, because we are going to instantly go to the women's game. But it will be on here on KTSW. And I love that you mentioned the women's game because that is our next segment. The Tech State women's basketball team, they're quite the opposite of the men's team right now. 18-7 and seven overall, 10-4 and four in conference. I mean, this team is doing – Pretty good. They're on a three-game winning streak after beating Marshall by four points Saturday. 
guys, this team has consisted of Denasia Hood. She's really been picking herself up off of the games that she was out. She's been averaging around at least 19 points right now. She's doing amazing things. You have Tiana Eaton. She's stepping up big. Kennedy Taylor acting like the assist leader as she always is. The point goddess. I'm trying to get that nickname. I know. That's a stick. really good nickname. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she's led in assists. She leads in steals. She's she's led in minutes per game in Sunbelt Conference. She's doing it again this year. So, guys, what are your thoughts on this team right now? The stretch they're on, and they have to do this against JMU tonight, which is a team that's really high in Sunbelt right now, tied for third place, I believe, or tied for second, second. right now. Yeah. Tonight, there will be someone in second place. Yeah, James Madison sitting at 20-6 and six overall. Uh, this is going to be a test for them, but as this women's team has shown throughout the season, they're more than capable of hand handling tests and adversity and all of that. And I fully expect them to come out and start off strong and finish strong, you know, Watching this team and covering this team, I have just been blown away by the level of professionality, if that is a word. Hoping that's a word there that I'm using. But, <laughs> you know, just the poise that they play with. It's it's amazing to see a collegiate team play with that much poise. Yeah, I just want to point out that this is, I mean, they are on track for their best record in program history since the 1993-94 season. Uh, that that year, they only had eight losses, and right now this team's sitting at seven, so they're on track to have best record, and what would that be, 30, 30 years? Wow, that's 30 years ago. <laughs> but uh, best record in 30 years, and uh, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing to watch this team. I mean, really the turnaround that they've had uh, from last season. Last season wasn't a bad season. Uh, it just started off really good, and then here come conference play. They just it's like the team didn't really show up. But this year, complete opposite. It's like the team they realize that Asia Hood, Kennedy Taylor, all these bigger name players. This is their last season. We need to go out with a bang with them, and I think that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, they they have a chance to prove that tonight against the Monarchs because I mean if they if they win tonight. Uh, they're setting themselves up for greatness. They would most likely officially be second place uh, in the conference. They win tonight uh, only behind Troy. And if they do win the conference this year, that'll be the first time since 2008 that they will win the regular season conference. Fact check by Cambridge Dictionary. Professionality is <laughs> a word. You know, I think this team is really going on a, a going out on a bang, like you said. You know, there's senior players like Denisha Hood. Past six games, she's had 17 plus points. In this game against Marshall, she had 17 points. Lauren Thompson, she's stepping up as well, 15 points. This team collected 41 rebounds. That's the most they've had in the game since last year in January. So this team, I mean, they're really doing some explosive things. They're on track to have the best winning record. And I wouldn't be surprised they got to do it, but they have to get past the JMU Dukes. I mean, this is a big team. Um, they're battling for second place tonight in Strand Arena, 7 p.m., and that will be on air with Paxton Graff himself will be on air with Colton Gibson. That will be on KTSW 89.9. But, yes, we're going to transition to the San Marcos High School boys basketball team, guys. You know, this team, they were on a winning streak for, for I think it was 28 games. Forever. Forever. I mean, they hadn't lost a game since November. Um, and now, you know, they lost the game against New Braunfels, but they step that up and they come back and they win over East Central 75-61. to 61. And, uh, you know, they clinch district now. They, they, they won their district. And what is the importance of this for these players? I know there's Caden Gums. He's a Texas State commit. A lot of these players have collegiate opportunities. What does this mean for them? And can they perform in the playoffs? Yeah, this was absolutely a, a great experience for all of them. I was able to uh, produce that game with KTSW this past Tuesday night. And 
it was an absolute dunk fest. They were they were throwing down dunks left and right. I mean, the snake pit was absolutely rocking. It was just a fun environment altogether. And I, I believe our own president, Kelly Damphouse, was there himself. He made an appearance at that game. Coach TJ was there. So, you know, just speaking to Coach Dan Miller after the game, he was talking about how much he was so proud of this team for the work that they put in throughout this whole regular season and how much poise they played with and – you know, looking forward to the playoffs, saying that you got to win one game to keep going. So looking forward to see the work that they can do in the playoffs. I mean, it, it's it's definitely exciting. We've been covering this team all season long, and they officially have done it. They've won district. I mean, this is this is something we haven't been able to say since covering San Marcos uh, High School Athletics. We haven't been able to say that they are district champions. And this is the first time that we're able to say it for the basketball program in a quarter of a century. Uh, last time they won it was the 98-99 season. Uh, but this year, I mean, th- it has been nothing short of remarkable to see just really this turnaround of a program um, overall in the past two seasons since uh, Coach Miller has been there. Uh, but, you know, it, it's an exciting time. I think we were talking about before the podcast, I think the loss to Nebronfuls was, I, you know, it's weird to say, but much needed because it, it gave them that taste of defeat. And it makes them realize we don't want to taste this again, especially come playoffs. Whereas if they went into the playoffs with, you know, winning 30 straight games, however many, and their last loss was before Thanksgiving, uh, you know, they kind of go in feeling a little cocky, a little arrogant about that. And you don't want that. You want to have that humbling experience. And they just did so last week. So I think that was a a learning moment. And I think they proved it uh, this past Tuesday night that they learned from that mistake. But I mean, we're going we're gonna to be talking close to the wall next week as far as the playoffs. I'll just want to preview it real quick. I mean, they will be playing Clark uh, next Tuesday night at Canyon High School at 7 p.m. We will be calling it. We're going to give you all as much playoff coverage as we can. Uh, so if you all aren't able to make it out, uh, make sure to tune in here because we will get you all covered with that. But exciting time of the year for them. Yeah, very exciting time of the year for this entire team. And, you know, they transitioned from another district. Now they're in this new district, and they're showing their you know, their true ways, and they're a really good team. And I just wanted to ask this question. You know, last season they lost the game by a free throw. Um, you know, I think they learned their lesson this year. They're pretty good free throw shooters. And you, you mentioned I love that they, they, that they had this taste of loss against New Bronzeville's because, you know, that's going to prepare them for the playoffs because you need to go through that before you get to – you can't expect to win every game. Right. You know what I'm saying? So do you guys think they're, – they're, they're, they're ranked in the state. Do you think they're going to go far in playoffs? Yeah. How far do you think they're going realistically? Yeah, speaking state? of that, they're ranked number 12 in the state, and yeah. that, that's, that's pretty good. And especially in a division that they are in, 6A, number 8 in 6A basketball, there is a lot of heavyweight teams in that division. Yeah. But I do predict them to go pretty far. This is a very well-rounded team. They just complement each other so well, each of their games. They play as a team so cohesively and, you know, led out by Caden Gums. The sky's the limit for this team. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to make predictions on how far they go because I – I don't want to jinx anything or anything like (laughs) that. But I will say this is looking like a really good year for high school, uh, Texas high school basketball for 6A because Duncanville's not in this year. With the whole suspension deal uh, happening, they're not in the playoffs this year, which means we are going to have an official new throne, uh, new king of 6A basketball this year. Uh, And the Rattlers look like a really good choice for that. I'm not going to say they are going to be it, but they look like a really good choice. I, I am curious on the free throw situation. They have increased this year, 
But that particular play that you're talking about was Malik Presley, and Malik Presley looked a little lackluster this season with the free throw line. Uh, it seemed like every game we called, he was going perfect 50% at the line. If he would make the first, miss the second. You don't need that come playoffs. Uh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to relive last year's situation, especially in the first round. Uh, so you can bet that he's going to be every single day this week after Excellent practice. He's going to be doing a hundred free throws after practice. So uh, hopefully we get to see that. Hopefully it doesn't come down to a free throw, uh, but if it does, hopefully he's there for the challenge. Yes, and you mentioned this. This challenge is going to be raised next Tuesday against Clark. That game will be on air on KTSW, and we will have posts about it and everything so you know where to get your coverage of that game. But, yes, the Rattlers looking to continue their playoffs, you know, more than the round, the first round that they had last year. But one team is looking to start their season, and that is Texas State Baseball. Texas State Baseball, if you remember anything about this team last year, they went into the NCAA tournament and lost against Stanford in a game that they had a lead in that final inning, and I think it was Zeke Wood came in in that final inning, and uh, – you know, did not stop Stanford. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, now they're ready to start their season off again, and they have players gone. They have Dalton Shuffield not there anymore. They have Tristan Stivers. He's not there anymore either. They're both in MLB minor league teams. But, yes, this new team is ready to start February 17th, this Friday at 6 p.m. That's Texas State baseball team against Northwestern, and that will be here in Bobcat Baseball Park. That's their first game of the season. Now we will have coverage of this series and that will be Saturday at 2.30 p.m. So this new team ready to get started and, you know, hit some home runs hopefully for us. And um, But one other team looking to continue their season, they just had their first weekend of play, and they're ready to start the I-35 tournament, and that is the Texas State softball team. And that will start today at 6 p.m. against Lamar. You know, this tournament, it's going to continue over the weekend. They're going to be playing just this starting game against Lamar. Then they have two games to, against South Dakota State. I mean, my apologies, they have a whole series against South Dakota State and a game against New Mexico State at noon Sunday. Thomas, I know you've, you've looked at some of the players on this team. I talk about one of the girls that came from my high school, Sierra Trahan. She was Rookie of the Year last year in Sunbelt, and she had you know her first career triple last year. She's already had a double so far. Um, just really impressive performance by her. Sarah Vanderford, this senior now on the team, she's provided a lot. She's the third baseman for this Bobcat team. She's doing amazing things. Piper Randolph. I mean, I could keep going. I mean, this series, they did so good in that first weekend. They started 3-2 and two overall. There was one game they won against Kent State, 8-0. So this softball team is, is looking pretty good, aren't they, Thomas? Oh, yeah, they are. And just looking out, you always want to start out hot, you know. And like you were talking about with the batting, you know, you have players like Sarah Vanderford, who is hitting, I believe, 538 yeah, starting insane. out the season. Yeah. That is extremely good, you know. that We're talking about. <laughs> this is NBA-level shooting percentage that we're <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about here. You know, we have sophomore, returning sophomore, and reigning, I believe, Sunbelt Freshman of the Year, Sierra Trahan, yeah. hitting 444 to start out this season oh, last yeah. year. Leading the league, not the league, but leading the team in batting average last season. That's a, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal feat. And, you know, this team right here, it's – they have, an, they have an opportunity. I mean, yeah. this season, I mean, if you look last year, they had a, str a streak of like at least 11 games in a oh, row yeah. they won. And, and that's big reason because of Jessica Mullins. She was the preseason Sunbelt Pitcher of the Year. And you look at her here now, she started off really good on the mound. She had four, I think, four or five strikeouts in that first series. So, you know, she's someone that can give you nine Ks in a game. So, I mean, this softball team is looking to continue. I'm excited to watch them. Yes, Paxton. 
I mean, one player we didn't mention was uh, Sarah Vanderford. She won Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week this past week, and, I mean, she had a phenomenal series. She had five extra base hits and five RBIs over that series, and, I mean, what a what an accomplishment. I mean, the first uh, week of – I'm not going to say conference play. First week of uh, a season play, I should say, and she's already won Conference Player of the Week. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing, incredible. These players haven't played in however many months, and she's already doing it in the first weeks of the season, so – uh, really exciting time of the year uh, for not only the softball team but baseball. I mean, we've got we've got a lot. We've got softball, baseball, basketball. Uh, if only there was football, but we just got out of football season, so I'm not <laughs> going to complain too much. But I mean, uh, congratulations, Sarah, though. Yes, I mean this softball team with Sarah Vanderford. I mean that's how you want to start off a season. Ricky Woodard is definitely happy for this team. They'll be facing Lamar today at 6 p.m. and they face South Dakota State on. Friday at 5 p.m., and that game will be on KTSW 89.9. But, yes, we're going to transition to national sports now, and we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend, guys. I mean, it's in Utah. Salt Lake City. Yes, I mean, we have we have two big teams, you know, Eastern Conference, Western Conference teams. Guys, what are your thoughts on these two teams? I know the two captains are, I think, currently Giannis and LeBron James. Guys, are you are you guys always betting on team you know team LeBron? I mean, I always go for team LeBron, but yeah, he hasn't lost since he's been a captain. I believe he's five and zero, trying to make it six and zero. And the running jokes, I hate to see him because I'm a big LeBron James fan. <laughs> but the running jokes right now on Twitter is that yeah, this is the only way that LeBron will be six and zero against <laughs> against the likes of Michael Jordan. But it's in the All Star <laughs> game, so hate to see that. But you know that that's a pretty cool thing to. You hear the, the GM jokes and all of that, but when you look at what he's done when it comes to drafting, undefeated, I mean, hey, there has to be some truth to that. Well, you know why he's undefeated? Because he always gets Luka Doncic. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. Mr. Luka Doncic, is, uh, he's having a phenomenal season. Uh, he missed past few games due to an ankle injury, but uh, we got to see our first glimpse of the Irving Doncic uh, pair duo the other night against the Kings, and I mean they they did a phenomenal job. Unfortunately, they lost, uh, I believe by two, three points, something like that. And I don't know if y'all saw that final possession, but you can kind of tell that these guys they don't know how to share the ball, or they feel like they need to share the ball. They don't want to take that final shot. They're like, no, you take it. No, you take it. Um, so I think really just kind of uh, kind of practicing a little bit more with that. Uh, hopefully they make playoffs because I love the maps. Um, but hopefully they make the playoffs and they'll have it down by then. But, um, you know, it's just the beginning stages of what could be a great pair. Yeah, the only thing about it, I think they've only won one game. So yeah. what are they, one and, uh, one and four now with Kyrie Irving on the roster? Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like they'll get together and become more cohesive as time goes on. But you have is this a worry come playoff time that maybe this team shipping out Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie will lower the amount of perimeter defense for the Mavericks? I don't know. I I really loved Finney-Smith. I think he was a great uh, player with us. But you know, I've been saying it for the past year now. I think Luca needed help, and I think Kyrie will be that help. Yes, he brings in controversy. I'm not gonna hide that fact, but. Uh, I think that he will be the right help. I just think that it takes time to fit it. I think this little all-star break will kind of help with that a little bit. I'm hoping so. Uh, I don't think we're going to be the team to beat in the West uh, by any means. I think right now that's looking like Memphis or Denver. 
as far as the team to be in the West, but I think that we could uh, do some damage in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how far this relationship will, will go because, I mean, we had the, the Prescott-Elliott uh, deal his rookie year, which was great, and then now look at them. So I hope it doesn't turn out like that, but, you know, we'll see. Dallas Dallas has some big surprises, so. I mean, I'm down to talk about the trades. I was talking about the All-Star game, but, <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, because I think that's a perfect transition because, you know, we need to talk about these trades. We had these tra- trades that were made last week, and, I mean, I think that the first episode they may have talked about it. Uh, I mean, last week's episode they may have talked about it, but we got to talk about it here and who we think had the best trade. So are you thinking that Kyrie Irving was the best trade or just because it helps your Mavs? Or? Uh, I mean, personally – I like it, but I think yeah. I think as far as a league overall, um, I, I don't think it's the best trade. Uh, I I couldn't tell you which one. I mean, the the KD one was obviously a huge That's one. one. Uh, I think that is a huge one. I mean, if you got D book, you've got uh, Autobio and not Autobio, uh, Aiton and CP3 and KD now. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little scared of the Suns, but you know we'll we'll see how that goes, but. I think that's the biggest trade. Um, I think D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers, I think that's working out great for them now. Uh, they won their first – was it last night? Uh, was their first game together? Yes, all together as yeah. a team since the trade. That was their first dub. And speaking of that, I am a Laker fan, but I'm going to be completely unbiased here. <laughs> the moves that the Lakers made, they were absolutely necessary, and I do believe that they made the best moves in the NBA on the trade deadline. You know, you were shipping out a player, Russell Westbrook, which is – Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, but he just didn't mix well with that no. team. So when you get guys in, bringing D'Angelo Russell back, getting a shooter, a 3-and-D player like Malik Beasley, getting a high-energy player like Jared Vanderbilt, bringing in somebody like Davon Reed who's able to be a knockdown shooter when you need him to be, bringing in Mohamed Bamba from Orlando, you know, a major shot blocker that can play the center position alongside of AD. Those are a lot of moves that needed to be made because this team, it was stagnant. You know, um, I believe their record before last night was 26 and 32. And there's not a lot of time left for them to make a move trying to make at least a play in tournament. They are sitting currently 13th in the Western Conference right now. But I do believe with LeBron healthy and AD healthy that this new look Laker team, they might be the team to beat in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean. I think Mo Bamba was a great addition. I think Jared Vanderbilt, very good addition as well. Going to add a lot of more youth to this team. I mean, they needed it. But I think Russell Westbrook to the Jazz, I mean, that's kind of exciting just because I think he's going to go back to his old D-book. I mean, why am I saying D-book? His old Russell Westbrook ways because that's what he kind of had. I mean, he was the point guard to lead it, and right now they need that. I mean, they have some good youth, but I think Russell is going to be amazing for this Jazz team. Well, the only thing about it is, and the GM of the Jazz, credit to him, he's given Russell Westbrook the ability to, you know, kind of make that decision whether he wants to play there or not. And I think it was reported this morning or late last night that Sham Sharania – from the Athletic, he was reporting that the Los Angeles Clippers, the Miami Heat, and the Chicago Bulls were in exp- exploratory talks with Russell Westbrook if he were to be bought out. If so, like you were saying, if he does decide to stick with the Jazz, that would be an amazing opportunity for him to be able to kind of run that show by himself and everything. But the chatter right now is that the Los Angeles Clippers could be mm. the team to make a run for him if he is bought out. I mean, that would be super fun to watch. I mean, ooh. 
I did have a question. I, I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean oh, to yeah. interrupt you, oh, but fine. you are a Rockets fan. What is your opinion on the oh, John Wall goodness. situation? Well, here's the thing. I it breaks my heart to see Eric Gordon leave. Y'all don't realize how much Eric Gordon meant to the Rockets. I mean, that guy, he, at times, I don't know why, he, he could have started over Russell Westbrook at times. I mean, this guy is an amazing bitch player. He goes to the Clippers. Now, John Wall. John Wall is back. <laughs> why did we have him in the first place? He, we just kept him around as a stock pick. He was just something to trade around for, you know, better picks because right now he didn't play a single game when he was back with us. He played for, like, he sat out for, like, I think it was four months. He just yeah. sat there and on our bench, and I watched him warm up when I went to games, but he would not play. He's able to play. So it's like John Wall is back, and I think he's going to do great things, but KPJ, bro, you know, like Jalen Green, you know, those are our players right now. Javari Smith, you know, I'm talking Alperin Shingun. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how we're talking about the Rockets right now on this podcast. I mean, it's a dream come true. <laughs> but John Wall, I mean, if he wants to play like he was playing on the Clippers, I know he has – I don't know why it was so awkward with him or la him last year. But if he actually plays, he might be good. Yeah, and here's another interesting Rocket fact for you. The Houston Rockets are currently paying $83.7 million to players who are not on the team right now. Mm. How does that make you feel, Justin? Awful well, I know that our owner, Tillman Fertitta, has a lot of money. <laughs> so do I really care? I don't think he cares. He just wants to keep him around. Um, that guy, you know, he's a, he's a questionable owner. I don't even know how we're even talking about that right now. But um, Steven Silas... Um, you know, people are thinking he might not be the coach for this team, but I don't think I think they're losing on purpose right now to get Victor Wimbanyama, and I'm so excited for Tank him. for Victor because as soon as that guy gets in the league, you know, we're gonna be talking about him on every podcast. Man's gonna be averaging 47 points a game, looking like Cam Thomas probably. <laughs> yeah. Well. I, I say that we, we don't talk about Houston until baseball season. I say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's really the only yeah, time Houston's been. Football next year. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, uh, we we barely talked about it, so I know you wanted yeah, to talk about All-Star. All -Star. Yeah. Um, but as far as the, the sub-contest, I guess you can say, not the big game, the three-point contest, dunk contest, uh, what are y'all? What are y'all thinking as far as those? Yeah, um, and just actually today it was announced. It, it was hilarious to me that a replacement for Anthony Simons for the three point competition, Julius Randall. Hello, mm. hell, that's a terrible. Of the New York Knicks, he's shooting thirty three point eight percent from dude, three this season. Sign me up for the three. Let's point. say the roster here, and then let's talk about you know who gotcha. here. You know, it's kind of questionable. We have the three point contest here. We have Tyrese Halliburton, he, Tyler Hero, Buddy Hield, Kevin Herter. Damian Lillard, Lowry Mackinnon, Afrony Simmons, but he got sub for Julius Randle. So questionable. And Jason Tatum. Guys, what are your thoughts? And who here is kind of unexpected? No Steph Curry? Yeah, I think with his – he might have not even participated yeah, anyways. Because he's out. So yeah, with that know. injury. But I don't think he would have participated anyways. But, you know, an unexpected name on this list to me is Tyrese Halliburton. You know, he has a – it's consistent, but he has a weird-looking jump shot. It's kind of like, you know, those set shots that you see big men shoot. They take their time, and they get that shot going. I don't know how that's going to fare. <laughs> that is me. That is me. The, the no-jump jump shot, that's, that, that's my yeah, go-to. The cat – speaking of which, what, why is cat not back in it? Oh, he could yeah. have done a two-peat. But um, – <laughs> No, I think it, I think it's a great. I mean, your headlines are obviously Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum. Those are your headline guys. Um, I'm curious to see how they will do. Um, but 
I mean, I, I don't know enough information about these players to say, oh, I think this guy's going to do great. I just I love watching the three-point yeah. contests. Uh, I'm hoping, which I, I'll segue into it, uh, I'm hoping the dunk contest will be astronomically better than last yeah. year's. Oh, my God. Uh, with, you was... remember the NFT dunk or whatever? <laughs> no one was watching it. Nobody it was, was. I think it was like the most unwatched dunk contest. I mean, if you want to get the most watched, just get John Morant and Zion Williamson. Yeah, but they would never do that because of risk of injury because they'll go insane probably. Yeah. But if you want to get the most watched NBA event. But, but <laughs> you know, what I will say about this three-point contest before we go to the dunk contest um, here's your final the, – the guy that's going to be in the final round or the final two rounds, it's going to be Buddy Heald. Okay, this guy is going to score. And Kevin Herter, I don't know if you remember this man on the Hawks final – you know, the Hawks team when they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. This man can shoot. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I've seen memes about that guy. I mean, that guy can shoot. Don't count out Damian Lillard, too. That's no, my No, Damian Lillard, he's going to do good. But, like, time. I feel like the big-name players, for some reason, in three-point contests, sometimes yeah. they don't deliver. You know, like except they'll leave in the first round. Except Steph. He, he's like the only one. Because some of them, yeah. they're great when they play in games. And then when they're doing this, like, three-point style contest, it just throws them off. And, you know, you have to shoot, like, how many balls in, like, what, five, like, two minutes? You have to shoot, like, 40 balls. Uh, 25, 25, 30, something like that, Yeah, I think. Oh, they have the, like, new Mountain Dew ball oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever that is. I forgot about that. Ball. Yeah. All right, now the dunk contest. Kenyon Martin Jr. Oh, yeah, that's a rocket right there. Trey <laughs> Murphy the third for the Pelicans. Mac McClung from the Philadelphia 76ers and Jericho Sims of the New York Knicks. Guys, what are your thoughts on this team? I mean, I know that in a lot of these names are young players, but Kenyon Martin Jr., I'm going to tell you right now, like this is just the truth. Watch any Rockets highlights reel, and Kenyon Martin Jr. is dunking all over it. I mean, this guy is amazing. He can catch alley-oops. He can throw it down in your head. This guy's going to win the dunk contest, just saying it here. I got my money on Mac McClung. Have you seen his high school mixtape? No, mean, it is hard. It is really I good. mean, we, we cannot forget. And I saw a video, actually, of him on the way over here talking about that he has a dunk in his back pocket that he knows hasn't been done yet. So oh I can't God. wait to see what it's going to be. Ooh. I hope he doesn't take the entire <laughs> clock trying to <laughs> do it. Yeah. And Three attempts. It. Yeah, yeah. So, hey. Is it is it enough to get camcorder Shaq back on the court? Is that oh, yeah. is that what we're predicting right now? Is it going to be a half court dunk? Oh Ooh. my! Um, I I don't know. I I I think it will be a great dunk contest this year. Like I said, I mean you don't really have to do much to top last year's. So uh, hopefully they do they do top uh, last year's. But um, you know I just. I'm interested to see if there's any new dunks this year, any new prop dunks. Remember the prop dunks? Oh, they, yeah. Blake Griffin. Oh, yeah. Blake Griffin over the car. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And uh, the, the cupcake one where you blew out. Gerald Green. Yeah. Like, that's what I want. Those were those were fun. Remember when um, Dwight Howard used two rims and two balls uh, and yes. double dunked? Superman. Yeah. But um, that's I, I love the prop dunks. Obviously, the ones yeah. without props are cool. But the ones with props, I mean, it's it's curious to see how creative these guys get. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna dunk it like Vince Carter anymore. So no, yeah. Vince Sanity. But you know, we have the we have to also remember we are this the year for the NBA. I believe this is year seventy seven for the NBA. Seventy six. Seventy six. Yeah. yeah, and you know the dunk contest has been around for a little while, so a lot of dunks have already been used. So I guess people yeah. are kind of, I guess, they're used to. The highly spectacular dunks. These dunks that they're doing, they're still spectacular dunks, yeah. but I believe yeah. the standards are just so high now. But I think so players now. are forgetting that 
we like those dunks because we like those dunks. I know I've seen MJ do this dunk in the 89, you know, or 91, and I know Freak it looks line. boring, yeah. but I want to see a player today try it. You know what I mean? That's what I like. I wish people were doing dunks like Vince Carter because, I mean, those are just powerful dunks. I know they're going to look not good for TV and, like, all the, you know, masses, but I don't know. You're right. You're definitely right about that. We, we've gotten used to a lot of the dunks. But the last thing that you have yeah. coming up is also the skills challenge. The skills challenge. And the teams, the participants for these, you got the team Atakakumbo brothers, you got the Nasis, Giannis, and Alex, those three brothers. You have three members of the Utah Jazz, Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and Colin Sexton. And then the last team being Team Rooks with the three rookies, Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey, and Rocket, Jabari Smith. Um, you know, if I had to pick a team out of these guys to win the skills challenge, it would probably be the Antetokounmpo yeah. brothers. Yeah, those guys. Well, you can't pre- you can't beat a bro connection like that. I mean, they they they've got that brotherly love connection. You can't beat that. And I think that's that's going to help them win this one. I think it'll still be entertaining to watch, no doubt. All the pl- people do it, but uh, I think they they got the dub in this one. You know, I got to go for Team Rooks. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, after the Kumpos, they're going to do it because they can just get down the court so fast. I mean, and Jabari Smith's going to struggle to shoot a three-pointer. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm definitely I'm, – I mean, but you can't count out the Jazz. I don't know who Walker Kessler is. I'm so sorry. I've never seen that name. But, um, you know, Jordan Clarkson, though, and Colin Sexton, they could definitely do it. But, yeah, I'm going to go for the Antetokounmpo's here. They're probably going to do it. Wouldn't be surprised. So is this year the first year that they're doing that like pickup style where they're they kind of draft right before the game? Yes, it this is. This is the first year. Yes, it is. I think that's really interesting. We were talking about that on VCR. I think that's really interesting because I was I was gonna next say, oh, who do y'all have as far as winning the All Star game? But we only know the starters for right now as far as who what team they're gonna be on. But uh, I think that's really cool that they're doing that. Are they are they still doing the the whole you play to this point for this quarter? I believe yeah. they are. Yeah. They have a, a point total that they want to try and reach. Now, I don't know okay. what that point total is, but, yeah, I believe they'll still keep that dynamic Which, from last year. I think that's way more entertaining than oh, doing yeah. it like a normal game. Because when you do it a normal game, I mean, it's just all offense, and it gets tiring to see. I mean, it's cool to see 165 points scored. Don't get me wrong, but there's no defense whatsoever. With this, you actually get to see a little bit of defense, and especially the first year they did it. I remember that one. When they implemented this, I mean, that was like a legit game, and it was so fun to watch. I mean, you had James Harden locking up and, yeah. like, all these players. Uh, and now it's all going to charity. You know, the, yeah. every quarter that wins, you know, donates money to a charity, which is really cool. Um, but, you know, I just love the All-Star, the All-Star weekend because it's right after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get hyped up for the NBA, and then you look at these standings and you wonder who is going to be the MVP. And you look at this right now in the West, in the East, I mean – you got the Nuggets, first seed, Grizzlies, second seed, Kings in third, Suns in fourth, Clippers in fifth, Timberwolves in sixth, and Mavs at seventh. Now, you were talking about Luka. I mean, he could be an MVP candidate. Who is y'all's MVP candidate so far, at not just in the West, but just overall? Early MVP candidate. You can say anyone. I have Luka Doncic winning the MVP award. Uh, he's averaging, I believe, 33.8 points a game, over eight rebounds, over eight assists. A lot of people are looking at Nikola Jokic averaging a triple-double, but to me, he's one of the worst defensive centers in the league right now. So when you factor that in, and we have to we have to be honest, voter fatigue does exist. He's won the last two MVP awards. So I think Luka has a real opportunity and a real shot here to win it. 
and yeah. rightfully so. The only thing I'm worried about is now with the addition of Kyrie, I feel like Kyrie's going to take kind of some of that uh, off of him. But I think so far he's had a great season. Uh, the only other one would be Joel Embiid, I think. I think he's having a great season as well. A little bit of Jason Tatum. Um, but I think Luka, I think he is your – I mean, he literally is the definition of an MVP. He's the team's most valuable player. Uh, I mean, he is the team, essentially, uh, without Kyrie now. Uh, and Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, I think that he is literally the definition of the MVP. So I hope that the voters, they see that and they, they put that into consideration. Because um, you're right, it, it's getting kind of tiring just having Jokic win every single year. Yeah. No doubt he's a great player, but I think he does lack on the defensive side, whereas Luka, I mean, he is a great all-around player. So there's some areas that he can work on, but you got to realize he's only been in the league, what, the five? I think this is his fifth season, and he's only 23 years old, and he's doing all this. So I think he's I, he's my vote. You know, I think, I think so. I mean, it, this year, I'm so glad he's finally getting recognition. I know that you know, Jokic and Embiid, it gets exhausting hearing them at the top of the conversation. Anthony Kumpo, he's going to be up there too as well. But, you know, it's just – I think they're trying to promote a national – you know, they want the league to be more international. And look at that. The top four players are all international players. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? That is. But one player that, like, I want to give recognition to and I don't believe is given enough is John Morant. Yeah. I mean, he brought the – the Memphis Grizzlies have never been a con – contender team until he got on the roster i mean right now he's averaging 27.3 games six rebounds and eight assists and in the last 10 games he's already averaging 28 points we saw him you know big performances 34 points against the bulls um you know 32 points against the timberwolves i mean this guy i've never seen someone like it since michael jordan and if he does go far in the playoffs you guys might need to be talking about him in this conversation because I don't know. I've never seen. I know he's young. He's very young. You got to keep seeing his career. You know, Luka Doncic. He's been in here for five years. Ja, he's only been in here since I think 2018. Or no, I mean 20. I think, th I think this is third or fourth. It's his fourth. He was drafted in 2019. Yeah, yeah, 2019. Yeah. So you know, I just think you know he's my MVP candidate. You know, it's really early to say. It might be a little outlandish <laughs> to say, but um, yeah. And I mean, Jason Tatum. Could I think be he's. Too. A, I think he's a good one too. And I mean. He's, I mean, they're literally, uh, what was it ranked in the West right now? They're second in the They're West. second. Uh, and he's, I'm not going to say he's doing it all by himself. Obviously, Dylan Brooks is helping with that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're doing a phenomenal job. So, he definitely is. I'm not going to argue with that at all. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got nothing else to say because I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, John Morant, he, um, he's one of my favorite players. The only thing about him is... His flamboyancy mm -hmm. and his cockiness. Yeah, uh, Shannon Sharp can attest to that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine in the Western Conference. Then proceeds to lose, uh, just uh, going a slide of a losing streak there in the Western Conference. And then seeing Kevin Durant come to the Western Conference and seeing the Lakers get beefed up again. I mean, he's a phenomenal player, but I still think he has a lot of growing up to do as a you know maturing wise. But I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I believe this is Luka Doncic's year, though. I mean, come on. The 60, was it 60, what, 62-point oh. triple-double? That was insane. Yeah. I mean, never been done before in NBA history. This guy's breaking numbers that Will Chamberlain couldn't touch. So, um, you know, pretty exciting to watch. But, yes, this was a great episode of Claws to the Wall. And for Thomas Terry and Paxton Graff, this was Justin Brown. Follow us at KTSW Sports on Instagram and Twitter to always stay up to date with Bobcat Radio and Claws to the Wall episodes for 
For Paxton Graff and for Thomas Terrio, we wish you a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next time.